Namo dasa bhagavato arahato sama sambodasa. Namo dasa bhagavato arahato sama sambodasa. Namo dasa bhagavato arahato sama sambodasa. Budang damang sanggang namasami. Cete cetanu pasi viharate. Adapi sampajano satima, vinaya loke abidja domanasang. So, greetings, everyone. Welcome to another Wednesday evening with the Clear Mountain Monastery community. Uh, this evening, as with most evenings, uh, share some Dhamma and then open it up to questions. People are welcome to put questions in the chat on YouTube, and I can see those here and then respond to those. Uh, around 6.30 or so. Um, for today's theme, uh, thought to go in the direction of mantras. So mantra practice is something which some people might have um, some experience with and many people might have no experience with and just thought it would be useful to uh, discuss um, very briefly, just what mantras are, how they might be able to be used in a, uh, a Buddhist practice, in a Theravada Buddhist practice, and specifically to introduce what I'm going to call the Sati Mantra. So Sati is um, hopefully many and more and more people will know, means mindfulness. It's the Pali word, Pali being the language that the Buddha spoke. Uh, the earliest records of the Buddha are recorded in the Pali language, in the Pali canon. Um, so sati means mindfulness, and I'll introduce here tonight uh, something which we can consider as the sati mantra. So just by way of introduction to what are mantras and what role they can play in our practice. Uh, so the word mantra uh, is a Sanskrit word, uh, which literally just means a verbalization uh, in other contexts, it can mean uh, a teaching. It literally comes from munt, which is the root meaning uh, to think or to cognize. Um, and uh, the Sanskrit word and the Pali equivalent, which is manta, um, can mean an incantation, which you find it very much in Sanskrit sources, um, pre-Buddhist Sanskrit sources, the Vedas, etc. You find this mantra, mantras being spoken about as having certain types of uh, powers that come along with them. Um, and yeah, you actually don't find uh, the Pali equivalent of the word uh, mantra hardly at all in the, the Pali canon. Uh, you do find it in a Dhammapada verse, which talks about um, that the, uh, the bane or the fault or the, um, the, the flaw, the stain, the mala of recitation or of a mantra is is non-recitation, uh, non-recitation, not repeating it. Um, but other than that, and a few other in instances which aren't really related to what we conceive of today as mantra practice, um, it's not really mentioned. But uh, the general concept being one of repeating a particular word or series of words or a whole sutra, um, or particular um, teachings uh, can be very, very helpful. Um, 
in all of those different forms. So in the Mahayana tradition, you find many, many mantras. And oftentimes you even have all of teachings on mantras being spoken of as the esoteric door. It's a, a specific school of um, Mahayana Buddhism. Oftentimes it's framed in that way. So you've got a many sutra uh, mantras, including the Sharangama mantra, which is uh, chanted at speed. It takes about um, anywhere between 10 and 20 minutes. Some people can do it really fast in six, but it's quite long, 550 lines or so. Um, and oftentimes it's a devotional practice, um, that chant in particular. Uh, it's in the Chinese Mahayana tradition, it's chanted um, with the Chinese transliteration of Sanskrit. So most people don't even know the meaning of it. And it's hard even to trace back what the original meaning was, but it's powerful for many people. Um, so that's one way to use mantras. Um, in a Theravada context or for myself, uh, how I've found this concept of repeating certain formulas, certain passages, whether it's uh, passages from the canon, uh, like what I have referred to as the Nibbana mantra. Uh, I have a whole video on that, which is etang santang etang panitang yadidang sabasankara samato sabupadi padinisago tanha kayo virago nirodo nibbanang. So this is a stock phrase. I memorize it in Pali just because I love me some Pali. And uh, I know other people do as well. Uh, there's nothing inherently necessarily magical about uh, any language necessarily, whether that's Pali or Sanskrit or Mayan or whatever. Um, but uh, for me, I know the meaning of that Nibbana mantra. And uh, basically this is peaceful, this is sublime, namely the stilling of all formations, the calming of all uh, volitional actions, the cessation of craving, uh, dispassion, cessation, Nibbana. Um, so reciting the Pali gets me out of uh, one reason for reciting uh, a mantra or a, a short phrase in another language that is perhaps not your birth language and Pali is not the birth language of anybody, uh, is that it has thus wholly um, specific connotations for oneself. So every Pali word I use is basically a Buddhist word for me, um, even though they have meanings which you know don't have to be necessarily Buddhist. But um, yeah, reciting in a different language, especially a language which one uh, respects, I love the reading the, the Pali canon, um, can shift you out of a certain type of intellectualizing and tendency towards mental proliferation and really let the mind settle. And that's the point for me of uh, Theravada mantras or the mantras that I practice to collect the mind. This is a, a practice of uh, using thought to still thought, using directed cognitive uh, perceptions to pacify perceptions, using perceptions to put an end to perceptions, using thought to transcend thought, uh, using verbalization, whether that's internal or external, uh, to really let uh, superfluous and unnecessary and uh, excitatory, unnecessarily excitatory 
um, verbal formations and thoughts and all these things just relax and let one experience a sense of well-being which isn't dependent on a feverish um, compulsion to think and compulsion to speak. Um, so reciting, okay, I'm not going for this meditation period or even outside of this meditation period, between every word, I can recite uh, this mantra, uh, especially if it's during a meditation sit for these 30 minutes. Okay, I'm going to practice giving up um, a certain degree of uh, the infinitude of thought and just uh, allow myself to play within these uh, this one word or these two syllables or these six words or these 15 words or these 550 lines, whatever it is. Um, and that allows the mind to settle if you take interest in it. So uh, if people are familiar with mantras, perhaps the most well-known Theravada, certainly Thai forest mantra that people are familiar with is a great one, uh, which is Budo, Budo. And you can do that, you can yoke it to the breath, which is great, bringing things back to the body. Or you can just say it uh, in the mind, Buddha, which literally means awakening. It's the name of the Buddha, or an epithet, or uh, appellation, another, uh, what people call the Buddha. It's just someone who's awake, that which is awake, that which knows, Buddha. And that's the way that uh, Ajahn Man would practice with this mantra, is just coming back to that which knows, using the verbalization to say, okay, come back to that which knows. I don't need to spin off with thoughts that are superfluous, but just settle, budo. And that's great, that's fantastic. To the extent that uh, you could ride budo to Nibbana, do it. Um, Ajahn Jia, um, a, someone who uh, may have been a, an arhat of the last hundred years in Thailand, who I'm currently uh, working on a uh, editing the biography of his, uh, being written by uh, Ajahn Dik Silaratano. Um, Budo was his main vehicle, along with Asuba, or contemplation of the body, um, the unbeautiful un parts of the body. But this mantra Budo, he would say, and I love this quote, he says, all right, he realized that at some point in his practice, he had been given uh, you know, ample space in his monastery to practice, but he was just finding himself thinking uh, inordinately too much. So he says, all right, mind, I've decided to cut it off. And now is the time to use Budo like a buzzsaw and cut out all this mental crap. That's a, that's a quote. Translation. Um, not my translation. But um, yeah, so you can use uh, a mantra like that um, in a fun way to just undercut the thinking process. And the more you're interested in and the more you love a mantra, uh, <laughs> the healthier this can be. Uh, there is a way to use a mantra, uh, which is um, yeah, almost a, in, um, yeah, it can be stifling. It can be um, used, uh, if un unskillfully used, uh, it can be harmful if you're just using it to make yourself shut up. Um, in a self-flagellating kind of way. So all of this is just a big introduction to mantras in general, and I'll introduce the Sati mantra now, which is what I chanted at the beginning of uh, this session. And the Sati mantra, as I'm calling it, is uh, 
this. It is the heart of the heart of the Satipatthana Sutra or the foundations of mindfulness. So Dikanakaya number 22 is the main greater teaching on foundations of mindfulness. It occurs, this phrase occurs um, 21 times in that sutta. And it really is the essence of the essence of this practice of right mindfulness. Many people say, um, yeah, uh, come on, what's all this with you know extra words and all this philosophizing or um, you know some other language or complications? I just want a simple practice. I just want to be with the breath or I just want to be with Budo. Uh, come on, dude, this is all extra. Um, and when it is extra, to the extent that it's extra, then yeah, let it fall aside. But a very good principle for our Dhamma practice is that we want and really need it to be as simple as possible, but no simpler. Is your one word practice of Budo really you taking you all the time in all of your moods uh, with all of your conditions to the place of stillness that you are inclining towards? Uh, is your practice of only looking at your breath with no other supports really leading to uh, a sense of ease and contentment and, and well-being uh, that it should be? Or might you need uh, a slightly uh, less simple? <laughs> might you need some more supports for your practice? So uh, this, let's see how many words, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine words, including compounds. Um, but uh, I'll introduce it in six kind of packets. And um, the mantra is this. Chite chitanu pasi viharati, atapi sampajano satima, vinaya loke abhijja domanasang. The translation is, this is Tanisa Rubiku's translation. One remains mindful on mind in and of itself, ardent, alert, and mindful putting aside greed and distress with reference to the world. So <laughs> you can keep that as just a simple mantra, just recite it. Um, if you learn the Pali, that's wonderful. Because as I said, this is the heart of the heart, the essence of the essence, the pure of the pure, the distilled of the distilled practice of right mindfulness. Uh, mindfulness, uh, despite how it's often taught in modern circles, is not just a, uh, you know, uh, you don't want to just be a one-trick pony with your mindfulness of just only bare awareness or just knowing. But this is the context for samasati, your right mindfulness, is that one remains mindful of the mind or the body or feelings or uh, dhammas in and of themselves, ardent, alert, and mindful, putting aside greed and distress with reference to the world. And I'll describe the different parts of these, the little packets of this, um, for you, for easy, easier memorization, um, you can always look below in the show notes. I've got the full mantra, but I'll just be displaying section by section of it, explaining it, and not only explaining the meaning of uh, each part of the mantra, but explaining a awareness-based shift, a, a way of shifting attention, consciousness, sentience, um, that takes you out of the thinking compulsion. And I'll explain what that means as we go on. So the first little bundle is chitte chitanu pasi, 
which literally means one uh, focuses on mind in and of itself. So chitta locative, regarding the mind is the chitta, uh, regarding or um, in the mind. Uh, anupasi literally means to, uh, pasa is the verb to see, and anu is to see along or to remain looking at over time. So to focus on the chitta in the mind, to uh, remain aware. Other people even translate it as contemplate the mind in the mind. So chitte chittanu pasi. And for this uh, first little bundle of the sati mantra, I'll suggest unhooking from the mind and letting the mind move backwards. And one, but what I mean by that is <laughs> um, just seeing what is, you know, this is pointing in the direction of one of these Zen koans is what is your original face? What is behind your eyes? This is um, literally letting the mind move back. So chances are if you, where are you feeling your body right now? Where is your awareness? Um, oftentimes uh, for most people, it might be, it might feel like awareness or the mind is behind the eyes looking out. And it's always so much of the day, it's forward either into the computer screen, into the computer screen, or into your partner's conversation, whatever the uh, so much externality and forward movement, this trajectory um, and vector forward. But this is a backward moving. What does the back of the head feel like? What does behind, behind the eyes feel like? So chitte chitanu pasi. So pasa, seeing, but anu, along with and back. So knowing the mind. And again, this is uh, somewhat just uh, adding a layer of meaning, this directionality and shift of awareness, this space where one is knowing from, the subjective place of knowing. Uh, this is my own just uh, suggestion for how you can play with this and find it interesting. But chitte chitanu pasi, unhooking and allowing the mind to move back. The next line is vihara ti, vihara ti. And you can even do these uh, with the breath. And it's a little bit, uh, it might be challenging for people who are used to budo with just one syllable bud on the in-breath, one syllable do on the out-breath. But you can do any of these with uh, multiple syllables on the first in-breath. Chitte chitanu pas, si, in the final one syllable on the out-breath or vihara ti. Vihara ti means uh, to remain or literally to dwell. A vihara is the name for a monastery or a dwelling place. So with this shift of attention, with the first shift we moved back and now allow awareness to drop down into the body, especially into the heart space. So uh, behind the sternum and vihara ti, this place of dwelling. And again, this uh, is just a suggestion. You can shift your awareness or uh, just be with a full open awareness from the beginning of the mantra to the end of the mantra. But this is a skillful means. I find that is useful is to learn what it means to do these shifts of that which knows. Where is that which knows knowing from? So 
we're moving back and here vihara t we're dropping down into the heart can awareness know the world from deeper into the body so one dwells in this way next line is atapi so this is uh, literally means ardent or you can translate it as uh, that which involves um, a degree of effort the root here is tap which literally means to burn so this is the aspect of right mindfulness which involves a degree of effort and for this uh, shift of mindfulness i would suggest um, we've come down into our body and now let awareness yeah, experiment with the boundaries of one's physical body so just as a flame uh, you know you can draw the edges of a flame you know it kind of looks like that um, but a real flame you know doesn't really have a boundary and similarly our awareness of the body or the awareness of mind in the mind uh, where is the periphery of that explore that with so with this shift of awareness with atapi allow the mind to open up and see that perhaps yeah awareness is bigger than you thought it was perhaps uh the body perhaps uh awareness isn't trapped within the body so awareness is not in the body as most materialists think it is but perhaps the body is in awareness yeah and awareness is bigger than the body so opening up with this movement atapi our next shift our next word of this sati mantra is sampajano sampajano which literally means alert or clearly comprehend comprehending uh, the root is nya to know and we've got the prefixes sung and pa so sung together with and pa is a an intensifier and with this shift of movement the shift of awareness of sentience suggests we've allowed our awareness to get bigger with this burning this you know uh, expansive flame of atapi and here moving back into the body uh, allowing awareness to just fill the whole body with sampajano sampajano uh, and if this seems like too much if you're just thinking uh, okay dude you know i just want to stay with budo or i want to stay with the breath this is too complicated fair enough uh, these are all just experiments and uh, going through this exercise where we're doing six shifts of attention this is just the fourth um, shifting where we're knowing from where that which knowing is knowing from it's an extremely good exercise for uh, mental flexibility and for knowing flexibility sati flexibility and it's interesting uh, i find that this is a very engaging practice uh, oftentimes i can settle down with budo or often with the breath but sometimes i can't i want to i want to think or awareness wants to know from a different place in the body and this is a good exercise so unhooking back chitte chitanupasi viharati dropping down atapi opening up sampajano coming up and including the whole body this is the uh, shift of inclusion the next line of the sati mantra is satima uh, sati is mindfulness or remembering and the munt suffix makes it be possessive so mindful so mindful 
And with this shift of uh, attention, a shift of awareness, shift of sentience, I'll suggest just opening up to everything, both internal and external. So that's the shift of awareness here. Satima, that which knows, mindful. And the final bundle of our Sati Mantra is Vinaya Loke Abhijja Dhamanas Sang. A long in breath, Vinaya Loke Abhijja Dhamanas Sang. Out breath. Uh, putting aside greed and distress with reference to the world. Vinaya, putting aside or literally putting down Loke with regards to the world. Abhijja, which is the inclination towards liking that which moves forward after something, and dominasa, uh, the distress or the dislike, that which moves away from something. So we're putting this aside. And with this shift of awareness suggest, you know, we've, with satima, we were open to everything. And here, with this shift of awareness, suggest being aware of anything. So if you can just remain mindful of whatever comes up, Right now, say I'm feeling my hands, you now just, okay, feeling of my shoulders, so Vedana is coming up, uh, but now a thought pops into my head, and all of these are just appearing, appearing in the vast space of awareness, the open sky of, of knowing. So whereas we were saying this Satima shift is one of everything, so knowing the whole sky, knowing all the clouds, knowing all the land, knowing all the water of, Awareness, this Vinaya Loke Bijadomanasang shift is uh, really just whatever. Okay, there's a cloud. Okay, there's a thought, there's a perception, a feeling, and just holding that in a very spacious, open awareness. So we'll recite this again, uh, the Sati Mantra. So, Chite Chitanu Pasi Viharati, Atapi Sampajano Satima, Vinaya Loke Abijadomanasang. So one, and we can put it in the first person. So, or I can, or we can remain focused or mindful, uh, knowing the mind, the chitta in and of itself, ardent, clearly comprehending or alert and mindful, putting aside greed and distress with reference to the world, putting aside this bias, which leaps after or recoils from uh, different things. And so knowing in a more balanced way, and just bundle by bundle, chitte uh, chitanu pasi, we unhook and just let awareness come back. Feel the back of the head, feel the back of the body, feel that which knows behind the eyes is so less intently uh, absorbed into and obsessed with that which is in front of us. Viharati, dropping down. So one remains, one dwells. This is our house, our body, our heart. So dropping down, viharati. Atapi, like a flame, this burning, this ardency, this effort, allowing awareness to shift into an open perception, which knows externally. What does that mean, to know externally? The Buddha talks about it, um, yeah, uh, at least half a dozen times, if not 20 times in the Satipatthana Sutta and many other places as well. One remains mindful of mind or body uh, externally. What does that mean? So we're opening up to this possibility, atapi. Sampajano, we're coming back in, 
awaring, including, uh, including the internal nature of our body. Satima, just becoming aware of everything. So fully opening up and uh, seeing everything that's coming up in experience. And then Vinaya Loke Bijadomanas, Sang, just uh, becoming aware of anything and uh, delighting in open space that doesn't need to choose. And so this is an exercise. You're doing six distinct shifts of consciousness with, um, yeah, nine or so different words. And you don't have to use the Pala, you can use the English, but it's a fun mantra and it's a fun awareness exercise. But as I was suggesting before, we want our practice to be as simple as possible, but no simpler. So you will find, I think, if you engage in this in a really um, uh, useful way, you will find that your mind does simplify. The mind does settle into one of these ways of knowing or uh, one or more. So for myself, um, this last shift of just being open to anything staying awake and aware, the mind is vast, like an open sky. And whatever comes up, if I can get into this shift of knowing, that's great. And I'll just stay there. And then I can simplify. I don't need the whole, uh, the whole mantra, chitte chitanu pasi viharati atapi sambhajano satima vinayaloke vijadomanasang. I can just stay knowing in that open space with a different mantra, say just buddho, just knowing that which is, or with sati, mindfulness, or with samma, rightness or harmony, or with no mantra at all, just stay awake and aware in that space. And really when one can let go of the mantra uh, and just know and stay there, that's all of this is a samadhi practice, but that is a real, um, that place of knowing is uh, really a uh, true birthing ground of insight and a real working ground for practice. So end my discussion of the sati mantra with that and um yeah i hope everybody can memorize that and it's not long it's not long um you might not be used to memorizing things but this can be your first memorization attempt and come on you know <laughs> it's it's not that long um you can do it i've done it scores of monastics scores of lay people since the time of the buddha have memorized it and in Pali, that's another thing about going back to this uh, original language is that there's a, uh, a thread going back to the time of the Buddha. And I can very much believe that um, this or a slightly different pronunciation of each of these words was said by the Buddha on numerous, numerous occasions. Um, so yeah, that's a, a beautiful thing to recollect for me, but I'm a Buddhist and I'm a biased. So um yeah, so we can open it up to questions. Um, if anyone has any questions, you can type them into the chat. And uh, that will be great to hear from people. So we got people zooming in from all over the place, uh, including Ayatata Loka. Wow. If you're still here, I'm uh, blessed um, and touched that you would join in. So um, Ayatata Loka, who is the uh, abbess, senior, very um, senior Bhikkhuni, um, who has a number of monasteries that she looks after, uh, Damodarini, outside of Santa Rosa, and um, another monastery, the name I'm forgetting at the moment. Somebody can type it in, but uh, here's Aya's uh, 
point. So for years, my quote mantra was a shorter version of this, just atape sampajano satima vinaya loke abhijadomanasang viharati. Very good to remember. I thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and please, uh, so happy that you could join tonight. And Ajahnisbo and I would love to have an interview an interview with you at some point. So um, we'll formally uh, put that in an email soon. But uh, thank you for, for zooming in and watching on YouTube. So uh, Ajahn, could you please demonstrate the proper cadence if we were to chant the mantra? Um, I can. Um, so Pali, <laughs> Chinese is a monosyllabic language, which really lends itself to ease of in and out breath. So, Namo Hala Dana Dola Yaya Namo Oliye. Each of these is one syllable, and that makes a Chinese mantra very easy to yoke with the breath, which is a very good thing to do. But Pali doesn't lead itself, um, lend itself so easily to that because we've got these uh, short and long vowels. Uh, I'll just pronounce it for you once and suggest how you can do it with the in and out breath as I've practiced with it. So, kaye, kaya, uh, excuse me, chite, chitanupasi, viharati, adapi, sampajano, satima, vinaya, loke, abhijja, domina, sang. And now with the in and out cadence, chite, chitanupas, si, Vihara T Ata B Sampajan No Sati Ma Vinaya Loke Bija Dominas Sung. It's a little bit hard to do when you're saying it out loud, um, but with the breath internally, uh, that's how I do do it. Very good question. Uh, can you please break down the last word more slowly? Um, yes, that is uh, vinaya, so having abandoned or putting aside loke with regards to the world. Abhija, <clears throat> so uh, the two words, basically, this final compound, abhija dominasa, um, and it's in the accusative case, so that's why you have the sung ending. So the word abhijja, I believe, uh, has the root of ja, which is to either to think or to burn. And abhi is that which moves forward or an intensifier. So it's it literally means craving. So oftentimes you can't totally come up with the meaning of a word just from looking at the meaning of the prefix and the root. Um, but abhijja means uh, craving or covetousness or greed. In dominasa, uh, the root here is man, like a mantra, uh, and also like mana, or the mind, manas. Uh, and here we have dominasa, which is the prefix du, like dukkha, so the that which is a bad mind, or uh, it doesn't have the same um, kind of moralistic uh, haranguings as exist in the English bad mind, but just a mind which is, has soured a bit. It's the mind which is dejected, a mind which is uh, full of distress and uh, inclining away from. So, good question. Uh, 
Uh, warmest greetings, Ajans. Thank you for this gift. What do you think of this as a Pali mantra? Sabbe sata sada hontu, avera sukha jivino, katang punyang palang maihang sabbe bhagi bhavantute. That is a fantastic mantra, Joseph. Um, yeah, for myself, what makes a good mantra is if it's in the Pali canon, uh, if it occurs multiple times in the Pali canon, and if I can find a way to yoke it with the breath. Really, you can um, do that with, with anything if you're creative about it. Um, and I know, I don't know how frequent this is in the Pali canon, but sabe sata sada hontu. So this is a, a wish. So may all beings always be sabe sata sada hontu. May all beings always uh, have hap live happily without aversion. Katang punya palang maihang. So uh, the fruit of the punya or merit which has been done by me, um, may a share of that, a buggy of all that, uh, go to you. Beautiful, Joseph. Thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, that would be a fantastic mantra. I might take that up or something similar. Uh, another one which comes up, which you can find in the Abhayagiri and Amaravati chanting books, uh, Clear Mountain chanting book, is this uh, Ahang Sukita, Ahang Sukito Homi, or, which means, may I be happy? May I be free from stress and pain? Um, so you can look that up in the Amaravati Abhayagiri chanting book, but um, that one, I think, occurs a, a few more times in the Pali. So I might select that just because I've got this affinity with the Pali canon. But um, what your version has, which the Pali canon version doesn't have, is this, um, I think it's an imperative case, the hontu, which literally means may there be or may you be, bhavantu, hontu, um, which you don't find so much in this way in the Pali canon. But it is, it's a beautiful wish. So way to go. Um, and I encourage everybody to experiment with, with mantras and find uh, what works for you because there are 84,000 Dharma doors and um, yeah, we can't have somebody telling us what the optimal one is for us all the time. So be creative. Take interest in your meditation. Ajahn Pasano uses the word chanda, which is part of uh, concentration, part of uh, right effort. Um, you need to have interest. He translates this chanda, which is wholesome desire, as interest. You need to have interest in the practice. Ajahn, I know this by heart because it's part of the Satipatthana Sutta. Uh, if this means, Malika, that you have the whole Satipatthana Sutra memorized, Sutta memorized, way to go. It's totally doable. I have memorized parts of it, and at some point in the future, I will memorize the whole thing as well, I think. Um, but yeah, it occurs 20 times, 21 times in the Satipatthana Sutta. Uh, it's what Bhante Nalio calls the definition of the Satipatthana. Uh, some, oh, and just going back, uh, Ajahnisabha saved me. The name of um, Ayatata Loka's other monastery is Aranyabodhi, which is also uh, maybe near Jenner, California. So somewhere between, maybe between Ukiah and uh, the Bay Area, so north of San Francisco, Aranyabodhi. Um, I haven't been there myself. I have been to Dhammajarini, fantastic places people should visit, and 
always support uh, the bhikkhunis there and Venerable Ayatataloka. Sometimes when I see monks, whenever I pay respects to them, tears start flowing uh, continuously. <laughs> this is embarrassing. How do you deal with this, Bhante? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that because um, it sounds like it's it's a natural upwelling of piti. You have one of the, which is rapture, um, and you find this in Christian texts as well. And I think it's a just a wholesome consequence of having developed positive connotations around a perception. Um, so hopefully you get it with bhikkhunis as well, with monks and nuns. Um, but if it, if it is embarrassing in public, I always find it somewhat endearing um, when I'm speaking to someone and <laughs> I don't find it disturbing because um, I feel like it, it's pointing to uh, something um, poignant and important coming up if I'm talking to someone and tears arise. And maybe <laughs> because I'm a monk, I, I only have this... Uh, um, you know, data set of one, but yeah, it's not uncommon that I'm speaking with someone in tears come up in their eyes. And I think it's a lot of the parami, the, um, yeah, the force of the Sangha uh, over all these generations, the color of the robes I'm wearing, my, my haircut, they all point to this thing, which is in the heart of hearts of many, many people. So, but if you don't want to do it, um, again, you shouldn't necessarily have to feel uh, any kind of shame around it. I also, my eyes were uh, tear up when I am talking to some of my monastic teachers quite easily, actually, as well. Um, but if it is embarrassing, something which Ajahn Tanisro says you can do if you are, uh, it's slightly different, but if you are finding something hilarious that you shouldn't find hilarious. So someone has said something which you think is just so, so funny, but for whatever social uh, uh, considerations, it wouldn't it's not appropriate to laugh or even to smile. Then you can pay attention to the earth element in your core. So this space behind the belly button, like two inches down, you can pay attention to the earth element there and it kind of grounds awareness and uh, can disincline one both from inappropriate laughter and um, tears, I think. So I haven't totally tested it with tears. It might make you, yeah, experiment. Let me know how, how that goes. Um, the shifting of attention you mentioned seems like it would pair well with the observing changes in perceptions within the different realms. Could you comment on this? Uh, yes, it very much does. Um, so in particular, I think uh, Mary is talking about uh, the formless realms. So um, oftentimes these are understood to be formless jhanas. So the sphere of infinite space, the sphere of infinite consciousness, the sphere of nothingness, and the uh, uh, perception of the animitta samadhi, um, the uh, samadhi which does not have an object. So uh, I feel that this atapi, this opening up to a, an awareness, a burning, the flame outside of one's body, uh, that is like opening up to infinite space. Uh, and again, everyone... <laughs> who has an inclination should listen to Bhante Sanalio's guided meditations on emptiness and compassion. And if you have the time and inclination, read the whole book. But he um, talks about these not having to be jhana attainments, but being um, uh, just perceptions you can cultivate. So this perception of infinite, or even a better word for ananta is boundless. 
boundless space. So this is the opening of atapi. Sampajano is when you include the body with that. So that's, uh, and then Sampajano, Satima is this open awareness of both internal and external. Uh, that can be related to the sphere of infinite or boundless consciousness. You're knowing both internally and externally and internally and externally. Uh, and then this Vinaya Loke Bijadomanasam, just letting go of any tendency towards, um, yeah, taking up an object, right? just watching the clouds of objects, feelings, and thoughts as they appear, just watching them. Um, that's either <laughs> uh, analogous to the, well, I, th I think it's more analogous to this sphere or the perception of animeta samadhi, so the collectedness which does not have an object. Uh, as for the sphere of nothingness, let's uh, look more deeply into that. So unfortunately, um, that's time. So we didn't have that many more uh, questions, but I invite everyone now to uh, go over to Zoom. It's been a pleasure um, uh, being with people here on YouTube, but each evening after the YouTube talks, we move over to Zoom for a more interactive experience. And I put the uh, meeting in the show notes and as a text and right here on the screen. Um, so you can go there and uh, we can continue interacting over there. And Ajahn Nisabo will be teaching as usual uh, at St. Mark's this Saturday. And he'll be having a very interesting conversation, I think, with uh, Professor Solomon of at University of Washington, Seattle, who's a uh, scholar of Gandhara, which is an ancient Indian language. And there are lots of Gandhari scriptures which have been found in recent years. So he'll be talking with him live next week, I believe, on Wednesday. And then I'll be coming up to Seattle next Thursday. So maybe I'll see many of you then. Uh, but in any case, I wish everyone the best. And um, yeah, hope you all have a very good evening and blessed and wonderful mantras.